everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we have something different for you today. We'd recorded an episode and we're holding it for next week. And today we wanted to talk to you about books by our favorite Black authors. Yes. So before we get into it, this episode is sponsored by Knight, the makers of our all-time favorite pillow. But we wanted you to know that now they also have face masks. And we're super excited to tell you more about them later in the episode. And if you'd like to take 20% off your Knight order, you can use code BOP20 at discoverknight.com. So we're skipping our highs and lows this week. We don't really feel like It's appropriate to talk about ourselves and complain about our usual life trials. I don't think our lows are as low as the comparative general subject matter. Exactly. But um, we're sharing a few of our favorite books written by Black women. And um, besides that, we've also asked some of our past podcast guests to come on and share them. So they all sent us little voice notes, so socially distancing and everything. But I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from them because I know I got a lot of recommendations of authors I hadn't heard of yet. Yeah, I was excited to get their recommendations because obviously you know that my wheelhouse tends to be lighter fiction. And those also are the Black authors that I love. But I was excited to get some very different recommendations from poetry to some more literary fiction picks from all of our amazing past guests. Yeah. So should we get into it? Well, one thing I wanted to talk about before we get into it is we'd gotten or I've gotten, and I think you have too, so many requests for an episode about anti-racism. And I think that's awesome. I would love to do that at some point. However, I do not think we are in a position to be educators right now. I think the past week has been very enlightening. And I think I have not been as anti-racist as I could be. And I think I need to begin to do the work of educating myself. Same. I'm not in a position to be an educator right now. I'm happy to share the resources that come across my radar, but I'm I'm not comfortable taking on the load to educate somebody else. I don't think I know best or anything, really. Yeah. So I think we're both going to be reading a lot of books on anti-racism, and we'll share those with you as we read them. Sure. But I don't really think it's appropriate at yeah. this point. And then the other thing is that, you know, all of our Black friends are tired, and they are grieving, and it is an on them to educate us. So, you know, I don't feel comfortable asking any of the Black women that we know to come on the podcast to talk about this. Never mind Black women we don't know to reach out and ask for uh, them to do free work on our behalf. So, you know, I think it's on our radar and it is something that we would like to do at some point, but it's not now. Probably not going to happen in the next couple months. And I wanted people to understand why. Exactly. It's not because we don't believe in it or trying or trying to sweep it under the rug, but um, it's a journey that we're on too. And for anyone who is um, saying that they don't know where to start or what to do, we will share in the show notes um, a very great comprehensive Google Doc of articles, books, people to follow that can serve as a starting point. And um, above and beyond that, there's so many resources out there. If you just Google anti-racism, roundups from reputable news sources like the New York Times or Barack Obama. <laughs> so exactly. Um, you know, there's definitely tons of resources out there. And we hope you're also feeling the same way and, and on your own self-reflection and educational journey too. Yeah. But let's talk about books. That is something I think we can speak about with some expertise. We can definitely tell you about books. And it felt important because that's our little corner of the world is, you know, books. So, you know, we wanted to share with you some of our favorite books by Black authors. Mm -hmm. So, Grace, you start us off. Okay. So, my pick is An American Marriage by Tayari Jones. It's one of those books that I tend to like, I read so many books that I often like forget about them later. This is one of those books that I still think about like years after I've read it. I'm trying to think. I don't remember when I read it. It was a couple years ago when it first came out. This book deals with marriage. Um, There's a couple and one of, and the man is wrongfully accused of a terrible crime and he goes to jail and um, during that time his wife kind of starts over again and it's just it's absolutely heartbreaking it's a look at you know how broken the justice system is it's also a really good look at marriage it's one of those books that just stuck with me for months years after reading it I know that this book constantly comes up when we have you read it I haven't read it because it wasn't highlighted when we made our notes I was like she has to have read it no I haven't read it, it it's always sounded 
something like serious that I'm like, oh, I want to read that at some point, but I never feel like I want to read it now. Um, But I will say that every single time there's a best book of the year or like best books I've read thread in our Facebook group, I feel like this book is always one that gets mentioned and then everyone like gloms on it is like, oh my God, yes, agree, agree. I think you'd really like it. And it's, it's definitely like a heavier subject matter, but it's it's a very it's a pretty quick read. Yeah. I this one's definitely on my radar, but I haven't gotten to it, but I want to. Okay, what's your pick? Okay, so my first pick is American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson. So we read this book for our book club last July, and there's also an episode with the author, Lauren Wilkinson. Yeah, so definitely go back and listen to those. And if you don't trust my recommendation, I will just say this was also on Barack Obama's reading list last year. And it was after the episode, so I was very proud to be so on trend. Clearly, he listens to the pod. Clearly. Um, So this book is a spy thriller set in the 80s. And the main character, it opens with, um, it's in the future of when the main plot of the book happened. So it's in the early 90s. And uh, a man breaks in to her house and um, she kills him. And she's protecting her two sons. And the whole mystery is why did this man break into her house and try to kill her? And so Marie is in the FBI and she's doing some undercover work for the CIA during the Cold War. And she gets involved. Um, and I won't say more than that, but, you know, she starts a friendship with Thomas Sankara, who is actually a real historical figure who was a communist president of Burkina Faso. And so one of the things that I thought was so interesting about this book was that even though it's fiction, it deals with true events. Obviously, there are fictionalized emotions and fictionalized um, details about Thomas Sankara, but he is a real person and his arc in this story um, um, it is historically accurate. So I thought this book was so interesting. And you know, I'm not even usually a thriller person, although I do like spy novels for, as like a carve out. Love a thriller. Love a spy novel. Um, I thought this book was really, really interesting because of the politics involved and also because it touched on an era of history um, that I didn't know anything about. And I feel like I also really learned something about this. And another thing that's super interesting about this book is there is a whole plot line about Marie, the main character, her mother is white passing. And she comes to the United States from Martinique when she's a teenager in her, in her young 20s. And she hates living in the U.S. because everyone assumes that she is white and she ends up returning to Martinique. So she has very complex feelings about her own racial identity. And I thought that that was very interesting and not something I've, I've heard dealt with in a lot of fiction. Yeah. No, I loved this book so much. It was one of my favorite books that we've read for the podcast. But you know who else loved it? Who? Claire Mazer. Let's hear from her. Hi, Grace and Becca. This is Claire Mazer, co-host of the A Thing or Two podcast and newsletter. And my recommendation is Lauren Wilkinson's American Spy. It is a really well done thriller about a black woman who is in the FBI in 1980s Cold War era. And it's so enjoyable just as a thriller and for the for the sake of it being a thriller but it also deals with issues of race in really interesting ways and was also really educational for me about an era in American politics that I just didn't know all that much about so check it out we also asked Claire's podcasting partner Erica Cerullo to share a recommendation and here's what she had to say Hi, this is Erica Cerullo, the host of the A Thing or Two podcast and the accompanying newsletter. And I'm telling you, you have to read Yah Jesse's Homegoing. It is a full-blown epic that starts with Effie and Essie, who are two half-sisters in Ghana in the 18th century. One of them is sold into the Gold Coast slave trade and one of them isn't. The book, which is somehow a debut novel, tracks their offspring for the next 300 years and traces how their personal stories intersect with the social, political, and cultural climates around them, from the warfare and colonization in Ghana to the Great Migration and the rise of Harlem jazz clubs. It is just so, so, so good and gripping. So let's take a quick sponsor break. This episode is brought to you by Night. And in addition to being the makers of our all-time favorite pillows, scrunchies, eye masks, and more, today we want to talk to you about their brand new silk face masks that they just launched. 
Yeah, they are so nice. So if you've been watching my stories, you know that I've been amassing quite a collection of face masks to wear whenever I leave the house. So I was so excited when Knight introduced masks. It makes so much sense because their silk is incredible. So the brand was founded on finding materials that combine efficacy with beauty benefits. So it's a no-brainer to adapt the signature silk into a face mask. It feels great, but it also promotes clean, healthy skin. It's so funny. I didn't even realize that I was having this problem until they solved it, but my skin has kind of been breaking out from wearing other masks and going on these super long walks. So I've been using the night mask for a couple of weeks now, and it has skyrocketed to being my number one favorite mask. It doesn't irritate my skin and it just, it feels nice. Yeah. So I love the smart design. It has adjustable ear loops so I can pull it snug. Today I wore another mask and it like really hurt my ears. I need to get rid of it. It also has a nose clip, which is so crucial. So you can form it right around your nose and your breath doesn't fog up your sunglasses. So we both have the blush, but they also come in gunmetal, black, and champagne. So the masks also come with disposable filters. And here is one of my favorite parts. For every mask purchased, Knight will donate five surgical masks to a local New York City hospital. They just launched these and they've already donated 10,000 masks and they're gearing up to donate even more. And that is incredible. And as always, we have an offer for you. If you want to try Knight's mask or any of their other amazing beauty sleep products, highly recommend the pillow. You can head over to discovernight.com and use code BOP20 at checkout. Again, that's discovernight.com and the code is BOP20 at checkout. Okay, we're back. Let's talk about some YA picks. So my YA pick is The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. And if you guys haven't read this one, I would highly recommend it for right now because it is just extremely, extremely relevant. I'm really embarrassed. I haven't read this book. I've only seen the movie. This book is, it's, it's, an, it's a few years old now. But this book is um, – I read it back in 2017, and it was really, really hard to read. I, I cried, like, several times reading it. It's also now a movie, which I I saw the seen. movie. Oh, you it's saw good. the movie. Is the movie good? Yeah. It's good? Okay. So this one, um, the main character, her name is Star, and she's a black teen, and she's straddling two different worlds. Um, she grew up in a poor neighborhood, but she attends a um, fancy, mostly white prep school. So her best friend – is shot and killed by a white police officer and her whole entire world like just comes crumbling down. And like besides all of, you know, the grief that comes with losing your best friend, she's also at this school and she can't tell anyone that she's the lead witness in the case against the police officer. So she's kind of like almost living a double life as she is like home in the town that she grew up in, like grieving with her family and then going to school every day, pretending that she, you know, is fine and doesn't know any of these people. Um, and, you know, you there's a lot about rioting and just a lot. It's very, very relevant to what's going on right now. Angie Thomas also had another book come out more recently, I want to say last year, called On the Come Up. Which have is, you read it? No, but I own it. I haven't read it yet. Okay. Um, She's a great writer. Which is about a teen who's an aspiring rapper. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I definitely want to check that out. So my YA pick is Anything by Elizabeth Acevedo. Yes. So Love her. the book that I'm going to speak to is With the Fire on High, which is her second book. I actually have not read her first book, The Poet X, but I, I bought it, it yesterday. Okay. I'm very excited. I bought it on um, audiobook, so I'm, I'm excited to listen to it. So With the Fire on High, it's about a teenager who lives with her grandmother and also with her uh, daughter, who's like two or three, and her passion in life is cooking. And that's something that she's grown up around and is like very ingrained in her family culturally, and she has her eyes open to the perspective of being a chef through elective class that they have at school. And she doesn't know if, if that's realistic to pursue. And it's very heartwarming. It sounds like such a bleak premise that she's a teen mom and she, you know, doesn't really believe in herself that she can achieve her dream of becoming a chef. But the book is so, it's written with a little bit of magic, like a little bit of magical realism in terms of the food. It's not like magic like um you know like witches and vampires but you know the way she talks about in 
ingredients and the way she talks about recipes is like really wonderful and like special. And I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything, but the book is is truly, truly outstanding and so heartwarming. Yeah. So, so heartwarming. And I I just started it, so I, I'm not very far into it. But this month for our book club, we're reading Elizabeth Acevedo's newest book, which is called Clap When You Land. It's fantastic. And this one, what's so interesting about it is that it's written as a novel in verse. So it almost looks like a poem if you just were to like crack the book and look at it. It's not. It's it is structured in sentences that kind of feels like you're reading a I guess just like a very thoughtfully written book. Yes. Uh, it's again it kind of has that magic to it. It's just the way that Elizabeth Acevedo writes. Like it feels like very poetic. Yeah, and Elizabeth Acevedo is um Afro-Latina and so she writes a lot about Dominican characters and in With the Fire on High, the main character is Puerto Rican. And so definitely presents like a very rich portrayal of those cultures. I love her writing. So we have two other guest picks. So first, let's hear from Catherine McGee, who has another YA pick. I'm Catherine McGee, the author of American Royals, and my pick is The Bells by Danielle Clayton. The Bells takes place in a fantasy world where young women called Bells have the power to make people beautiful. It's full of adventure and romance, while also raising deep questions about sexuality, racial inequality, and the objectification of female bodies. And now let's hear from Morgan Hoyt. Hi, my name is Morgan Hoyt, the bookworm behind NYC Book Girl, and my recommendation for you is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, a new novel that actually publishes this week on June 2nd. The Vanishing Half is the story of two light-skinned black twins and their decisions around whether they choose to pass or not. It's a story of motherhood and sisterhood, of race and generational trauma. It will have you traveling the country and time, and it will stay in your heart for a very long time afterwards, as it has stayed in mine. I hope you love it as much as I did. Okay, how about romance? Now we're into your genre. Okay, you want to hear something that you've never heard from me before? Let's hear it. I'd like to recommend that you read The Idea of You. Really? Yes. What's it about? Tell us. So The Idea of You is by Robin Lee, who is a black woman of Jamaican descent. And um, The Idea of You is obviously my favorite book that I will not shut up about. We've done two episodes on this one as well. But I also, am on it's my personal mission to evangelize this book in the hopes of getting a sequel to this book because... I think that there's more to this story. But okay, so this is the book that is about a thinly veiled Harry Styles. Um, so that it's a uh, very chic di- divorcee in her, she's just turned 40, and she brings her tween daughter to a boy band concert and ends up starting up a romance with one of the singers who is basically a thinly veiled Harry Styles. And so they go on this like jet setting romance around the world. They're in uh, the south of France. They're in the Hamptons. They're in Japan. And um, it's very much a romance of all the odds are stacked against them. And obviously, it, it doesn't make sense even to Solen, who's the main character. But they have this like incredibly intense connection, both physically and emotionally. And Hayes is just like the perfect on paper boyfriend in this book is so good. I tell people that it is the most addictive book I've ever read. So I was introduced to it by Ashley Spivey. And um, I started reading it one night at midnight. It was on a weekend. And I was like, I'm not quite tired yet. Let me just like crack this book that Ashley Spivey just recommended. I stayed up until 4am reading it. I woke up the next morning after, I don't know, six hours of sleep and proceeded to sit and read it until I was finished with it. I read this last February. So a year and four months ago, I still have a book hangover from it. Like, same. I would say the most common reaction after somebody reads this book is they're like, what can I read that is as good as this? And I still don't know the answer. It is my favorite, like, contemporary romance book that I've ever read. Yeah, it's a, it's really good. So back I read it in that February, I took till April to read it because- Oh, yeah. Grace was I was, was like, this sounds terrible. Like, what the hell? It sounded like, it sounded like predatory. Like the description just didn't, and I'm saying this to like sell you on it because once I read it, I was like, no, this is so well written. It's addictive. It's fun. It's smart. And it's like just great. It's so good. I loved, we were on vacation when you finally read it. And I remember asking you, you were like reading it by the 
pool and I was like, hey, do you want to go on a bike ride? Do you want to like go for a walk? And you were like, no, I'm not moving until I finish this book. And you read it in one day too. I did. It was so good. So if I have not already sold you on the idea of you, maybe this is the moment. Yeah, guys, go read it like immediately if you haven't read it. I feel like most of you have, but I know we're always getting new listeners. So oh, it's so good. Yeah. And I, l- listen I, to those. We have an episode with Robin Lee. She came over and sat at my table back when we were allowed to have guests in the house. It was it was great. Yeah. What's yours? So mine is, well, I have two. Um, really anything that Jasmine Guillory has written. I love her books so much. They're like so steamy, but also intelligently written with like really like great, strong female character leads and like always like these like sexy men that like I wish could be my boyfriend. Um, love Jasmine Guillory's books and also love Jasmine Guillory. She was a guest at our San Francisco live show and she um, is just such an interesting person. She used to be a lawyer and she was writing these her first couple of books while she was still a lawyer. Um, and she was just like, no, I just want to write romance novels. She's also one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. She is an incredible cook. Oh, is she? I don't think I've been like paying close attention to what she's posting. Oh, yeah. On her story, she's an incredible cook. Okay. So what is your favorite of Jasmine Guillory's book so far? You know, I think it, ha- it still has to be The Wedding Date, the first one. Me too. It's they're, All of her books are great, but that one was just my favorite. I love that one. It's so cute. The premise is that it's about a woman named Alexa, and she's in San Francisco at the Fairmont Hotel, which is very iconic. It's at the top of Knob Hill. And she is going up to her room, and the elevator breaks. And she's in the elevator with this man and he they basically like have a moment of chemistry and he invites her to go to this wedding that he's in town to go to, which is actually his ex's wedding. Mm-hmm. And so she pretends to be his girlfriend and they like have this hot and heavy romance that they're kind of like just discovering each other while also pretending to be longtime bows. And um, it's just such a fun premise and such a fun book. And the other thing that I think is really interesting about kind of the canon of Jasmine Guillory is that she deals with a lot of different types of interracial relationships. Mm-hmm. So in the first book, Alexa is black and Drew is white. And then in her second book, um, which is called The Proposal, Nick is, uh, well, short for Nicole, Nick is black and then Carlos is Hispanic. And then in the third book, Maddie is black and Theo is also black. And then in the fourth one is the only one I didn't read. It's about Maddie's mom. Yes. The royal one. The royal one, yes. And they go to, I don't know why they're, I, I didn't read this one. Yeah, it has a really pretty cover. It does have a pretty cover. <laughs> it's like green with glitter on it. The other thing I will say is that I'm very excited. Jasmine Guillory has a new book in this universe coming out this month. It comes out on June 23rd, and it's called Party of Two. And so in this book, Olivia, who is Alexa's sister, moves to LA, and she ends up dating a congressman. I'm very intrigued by this plot. Yeah, I mean, I love, I always love of anything like like a politician. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm really excited. Wait, so I have one more um, since we're on romance. And I know we both loved this book. It was This on, one surprised me. Yeah. So it's Get a Life, Chloe Brown. And this one, it started out. So Chloe Brown's chronically ill. And she is like kind of a nerd who like stays inside a lot. And she decides that it's time for her to get a life, which is where the title comes from. So she makes this big list of like all these things she wants to accomplish, like enjoying a drunken night out, riding a motorcycle. Um, and so she's doing all of this. And in, in there, she meets this guy who's working is he working on her building he's the super he's the builder yeah um so the guy's name is red morgan and he is a white guy with red hair which is where his name comes from and they have like what turns into like a very steamy romance yeah this book surprised me because based on the cover i did not expect it to be as sexy as it was super sexy in a good way yeah the the love scenes were great in a good way. I also thought that this book was so interesting because of the plotline of her being chronically ill. I'd never read a romance novel that dealt with that. And it wasn't in the same way, you know, like A Fault in Their Stars or like any of those books where it's like somebody has cancer and is dying. She's not dying. She's just yeah. living with a chronic illness. And her whole 
getting a life plan is because, you know, she'd previously been living with her parents and been kind of letting herself be taken care of. And she wants to have her independence and also live an interesting life. Um, So I loved that plot line. Me too. Do you want to know? June 23rd is a really great day for the romance genre. There's a second book in this series coming out on June 23rd as well called Take a Hint, Danny Brown. Oh, I can't wait for that. I have a copy of it somewhere in my Oh, you do? Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't. Um, I'll read it so I can give it to you. Okay. And so this is in the universe. There's three Brown sisters. So Chloe Brown is the protagonist of the first. Danny Brown is the protagonist of the second. And then I can't remember the third sister's name, but I hope that there's going to be a book for her too. I don't remember which sister Danny is. There's like a sister who's very like crystally and woo woo. And then there's a sister who's like very no nonsense. You have such a good memory for some of these details. Like I don't remember either of the sisters very well at all. Let's see. Oh yeah. She's the, um, she's the very type A sister. Okay. Wait. So let's take a quick sponsor break. Today's episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. Book of the Month is a monthly book subscription. Each month, they highlight five new and early release books, and you pick one, or in our case, sometimes two or three, and they deliver them right to your door. So Book of the Month is definitely one of our favorite ways to discover new books. They place an emphasis on new and diverse authors, and they so often have picks that I've never heard of but end up being fantastic. And I also love that they frequently have early release books. So for May, I got Happy and You Know It and The Boyfriend Project. And both of those I got right at the beginning of May. But um, they don't come out. I think one came out in late May and one came out in June. And I love getting a book early and feeling like a VIP book insider. Yeah, that is so fun. So last month, I ended up choosing three books. That was a record for me. Um, I picked The Boyfriend Project, Happy and You Know It, and I got A Good Marriage, which my mom and I are going to read together, I think this week. So this month's selections are so good. Um, I am so happy that they chose The Last Flight, which is a thriller about two women who switch places. I was lucky enough to get an advanced copy of that, and I love it so much. It's probably the best thriller I've read in all of 2020, like maybe 2019 too. It was one of my favorite books in a long time. Um, but my pick this month is going to, since I've already read that, is going to be Home Before Dark by Riley Sager, who is one of my absolute favorite authors. I've read every single one of his books. They are all amazing. He never lets me down. The only thing that's let me down is realizing that he's a man and not a woman. But um, I am so excited to read it. And I'm also really excited for One to Watch, which I'm guessing is going to be Becca's pick. You know me so well. One to Watch is definitely my pick. It's a rom-com about a plus-size fashion blogger who becomes the contestant on a dating reality show that sounds kind of like The Bachelor. And I think this premise sounds so fun, and I cannot wait to get into it. It sounds like a perfect beach read, or in my case, sitting by my window and dreaming of being at the beach. So if you're worried about the subscription, don't be. Book of the Month is completely commitment-free. You can skip a month as many times as you want, or you can choose a previous month's pick if nothing in your current month appeals to you. So if we're any sort of an example here, this is not going to be an issue for you, but just in case, there is no risk. I also think Book of the Month would make such a fun gift if you know someone who is feeling down or has a birthday coming up and it is completely social distancing friendly. Yes. So as always, we have an offer for you. You can get your first book for just $10 when you go to bookofthemonth.com and use code BOP10. So again, get your first book for $10 when you go to bookofthemonth.com and use code BOP10. Okay, we're back. We didn't get any romance suggestions from our past guests. I think they're a little bit more highbrow than us. I'm the expert there. (laughs) (laughs) But we wanted to share a couple of fun recommendations. So first, we have a recommendation from Alicia Ramos. Hi, my name is Alicia Ramos. I'm the founder of Girls Night In, and a book I'd like to recommend is Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby. I loved it because it was truly laugh out loud funny uh, and uh, very much relatable uh, in, in discussing topics on making friends as an adult, moving into uh, small town America, aging, It's so full of goodness and humor, and I guarantee that you'll be laughing throughout it. And now let's hear what Jules Von Hepp has to say. Hi, I'm Jules Von Hepp, founder of cult self-tan brand The Isle of Paradise and body positive activist. 
And my favourite book is What I Know For Sure by Oprah Winfrey. I read this book on a bit of a whim. I think I bought it when I was in a bit of a dark space in my life. And I was just soul searching and looking for something. And this book came to me. I think I picked it up in a random bookstore in London. And I've read it probably about 200 times. And I give it to all of my friends whenever they talk about feeling lost in life and they need to feel enriched and full of her joy and soulfulness. And if you are ever feeling somewhat lost, I can't recommend this book enough. The way that she writes and the things that the lessons that she teaches you, it's completely eye-opening and I just absolutely love it. So now we have our mysterious other category. Yes. Um, so one of my favorite books this year to date has been Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. And this book came out in January. And I feel like it had a lot of buzz. But um, this book was really thought-provoking, but also soapy. It was like a good blend for me of being dealing with serious topics, but also being fun, which yes. is my kind of book. And so the premise of this book is that um, the main character is a black woman in her early 20s who's a babysitter for a white family. And so one night she is with the girl that she babysits for in the grocery store and another woman accuses her of ki- having kidnapped the child. And so the police get involved and she's super embarrassed And there's man who's also there who videotapes the whole thing. And so part of her struggle through the book is whether she wants to report this incident or whether she just wants to sweep it under the rug and move on with her life. And at first, she's very much in favor of just moving on. But there's also such an interesting plot line as well about her relationship with her um, employer, who's a white woman who's an influencer and kind of has a white savior complex. And the employer is trying to be friend Amira kind of to prove that she's still cool and hip and relevant. And so there's a whole plot line about their relationship. And then also within Amira's personal life, there's a whole um, plot line about her dating white men and the fetishization of black women. Yes. So I thought this book did such a good job about of dealing with themes of race and race relations. But it was also it kind of in this fun package where the book felt like a fun soap opera. Yeah, she she tackled really serious issues in a lighthearted way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I loved this one. And if you didn't catch it when it came out earlier this year, highly recommend looping back to it. Absolutely. And it definitely sounds like we both need to read books by Chimananda Ngozi Adichie. Two of our past guests both recommended books by her. So first, let's hear from Carly Heitlinger. Hi, this is Carly Heitlinger, and the book that I would recommend is Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. It is a fantastic book about two Nigerian young adults who fall in love in Nigeria and end up getting separated into two different worlds. Ifemalu ends up in the United States, and her lover, Obins, ends up in London as an undocumented immigrant. And the book really covers a lot about race, immigration, education, both in the United States and abroad. It was a fantastic story, and every single character in the book had its own kind of uh, storyline that brought different issues to light. So highly recommend. And now let's hear from Molly Chen. Hi, I'm Molly, and I am the co-founder of Birchbox and a brand strategy consultant living in Brooklyn. I love anything written by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. I know I'm not alone in that, but I love that the way that she writes is so lyrical and transporting, but also really clear. I feel like the words have a really light touch to them, which isn't always true of really evocative writers. Um, And even when the subject matter is really intense, she kind of takes you along on this journey um, that feels truly like a journey. Um, I especially loved Half of a Yellow Sun, which is about a period in African history that I didn't know anything about, um, embarrassingly enough. It was about this Biafra's attempts to create an independent country in Nigeria. And I read it years ago, and I can still see some of the scenes in my head um, with the dusty streets and the flowers climbing up the walls and the characters um, kind of pursuing things both serious and non-serious in their lives. Highly recommend. 
Okay, so let's take another quick ad break to talk about Care Of. I love this brand. I've been taking their vitamins for well over a year now, and I love that it is so hassle-free, and they've made it so that I can find a personalized regimen that I can actually stick with. So here's how it works. You start by taking a quick online quiz to answer questions about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle. And then Care Of will recommend a list of vitamins and supplements specifically tailored to you. So they ask you things like, how much sleep do you get? Do you follow any specialty diets? Are you concerned about your hair, skin, and nail health? I really value the personalization aspect so much. I find shopping for vitamins to be really overwhelming. And how do I know what I actually need? So I love that their quiz takes all the guesswork out of it. Then they ship you a selection of vitamins right to your door. So Care-of is known for their personalized daily packs, but for a short time, they're temporarily shipping their supplements in bottles as an extra step to make sure they're keeping their customers and team members safe while also fulfilling orders as quickly as possible. Don't worry though, their daily vitamin packs will be back soon. So Care-of also has a focus on quality, science, and research that goes into each of their products and recommendations. I love that they're doing their research so that I can trust that I'm getting the highest quality ingredients. It's also worth mentioning that you can adjust your pack at any time if your needs or goals change. So what you receive is totally up to you. So if you're ready to get into a new vitamin regimen, we cannot recommend Care Of highly enough. And we have a great offer for you. You can get 50% off your first Care Of order. Just go to takecareof.com backslash BOP50 and enter code BOP50 at checkout. So again, get 50% off your first Care Of order. Go to takecareof.com backslash BOP50 and enter code BOP50 at checkout. Okay, so we're back. Let's talk about one of my favorite categories, which is memoirs. One of these is very new. Very new. I'm still reading it. It's my favorite book I've read in so long. Really? Yes. I don't know if you're going to like it as much as I do, but like I love it. Okay. Tell like, us what I it always, is. So I always like dreamed of working for a magazine. Like I still kind of do, but like I'm glad that I'm doing the blog thing. Um, it's From the Chiffon Trenches by Andre Leon Talley, who uh, has been all over the publishing space, was at Vogue for a long time. You know, he worked he started his career at Interview Magazine working with Andy Warhol, um, worked for Women's Wear Daily under John Fairchild, went to Vogue. Um, he's just had the most interesting life. He's been in the fashion industry for 50 years and um, just has so much to say. There's so much tea. There's all this stuff about his friendship with Karl Lagerfeld. It is just like – it's like a who's who of the fashion world it's very juicy, but it's also very heartfelt. Like he talks about racism too, because the reason he had to leave Paris back when he was at women's wear was because he, um, had a horrible racist encounter with one of the publicists from YSL. Oh, interesting. Yeah. She called him a terrible slur and, um, like it went all over Paris, like in that, in that world, the fashion world was very, um, you know, incestuous and small back then. I mean, it still kind of is, but it's just very, fashion is very different now. Oh, I can't put this down. I'm going to finish it tonight and probably watch. Um, there's also a documentary about him. Oh, like, is it the same? It, is it covering the same material or is it different? Different. Oh, interesting. And like, kind of like how we were so obsessed with Jessica. Now I feel like Andre is my friend. But if you love like the publishing world and also like are curious about all this fashion tea, it's wonderful. Oh, that's interesting. So I loved the experience of walking with Jessica, as you know, and I liked I listened to an audiobook and I walked around. I think this would be a great You should walk with Andre. I, I think I'm gonna I think walk with gonna Andre. Do it. I think you'll love it. It's so good. The other one I had to mention, which I feel like so basic even suggesting it, but in case you haven't read it, is Becoming by Michelle Obama. And that is also an audiobook. I'm kind of tempted to re-read it in terms of re-listening. Walking um, with Michelle. Walk with Michelle. It's one that was one of the best books I read last year. I feel like I I would love Michelle to be my best friend, but I, I don't have you read that one? 
I'm so embarrassed to say I've read part of it and I don't <laughs> do well with nonfiction. And I actually think that reading it as an audiobook, I just downloaded it yesterday. So I, oh, I downloaded yeah. a Go bunch. Go for walks with Michelle. I think I'm going to. So I so I um, downloaded a bunch of anti-racist books. So, okay. So I ordered a bunch of anti-racist books. However, they are all backordered. Yeah, everything's... I got... Well, I got So You Want to Talk About Racism before it got backordered. Oh. So it shipped. So I ordered um, White Fragility and How to Be an Anti-Racist, but both of them are backordered. I ordered them... Well, we can talk about Black-owned bookstores, but I ordered them on bookshop.org through a Black-owned bookseller. So I'm going to leave my order to still be processed because I don't think it hurts to have a hard copy or to be able to like give it to somebody. Yeah. Um, but then I had a bunch of um, Audible credits to burn because I haven't been using them. Oh, so, I do too. That's so it, smart. So I downloaded um, both of those and then The Poet X, a Becoming by Michelle Obama. Um, what else did I download? But I, I downloaded a bunch of um, books by Black authors and, and specifically a couple of anti-racist books to go walking with because I I know that nonfiction tends to be hard for me to read to completion in hard copy. Well, listen to it as an audiobook. It's like a podcast. Exactly. I I really struggle with nonfiction as well, but for some reason a memoir, like I will be sucked into a memoir. And it's not even that I don't enjoy it. I I did the same thing with Ruth Reichel's memoir, which you've raved about. I I read it. I I read the first half of it, enjoyed it, and then just never picked it up again. So this is like the fashion lover's version of Save Me the Plums. Well, so I think that listening to memoirs and nonfiction books is is my move. And I've been going on so many walks recently that I certainly have plenty of listening time. Yeah. But you know what I did read that's a memoir that I think of very often? I haven't read this one. Okay. So it's The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, who is the creator of Grey's Anatomy and my favorite scandal. Yes. Love both of those shows. And it came out in 2015. And I actually didn't read it until I read it right after New Year's in 2018. Like I was like, it's a good New Year, new me book. And this is honestly one of the reasons that we started this podcast was because her whole the whole premise of the book is that she decides that she's living this life that is very small where she's successful and she's you know she has scandal she has Grey's anatomy she's thriving professionally but then in her personal life it's very small and so she decides that for a year she's going to say yes to everything that she would normally say no to and in some ways that's the reason we started this podcast because you were like do you want to start a podcast and you probably asked in like late January early February I just read this book and I was like I'm going to say yes more <laughs> yes so, so we have Shonda to thank for the podcast? Somewhat, yeah. yeah. So well, um, I would have picked another friend instead. Who would I have done it with, though? There's no one. I don't know. But anyway, so the book is about this journey of her saying yes to things. And I think about it really often. There's like a couple of anecdotes in it, one of which in particular is she's invited to give the commencement address at Dartmouth, which is her alma mater. And she speaks about how horrifically nervous she is to give it. And then she does it anyway. And it's hugely successful. I actually went and watched the YouTube video of the commencement address. And so I just I kind of always think about her attitude where she was like, so hand-wringy about saying yes to things. And then it always, not always, but it mostly ended up being for the best. And she just has such a great way of writing where she does feel like your friend. This would be another great walking book. Like Mm. she just has such like a friendly way of like writing even. Like where you feel insidery, where she's like telling you the inside scoop. So I loved this memoir. So for our last two past podcasts, guests they both actually recommended poetry which i don't read a lot of poetry but me me either maybe i'm gonna start because both of these sound incredible so first we have kate kennedy from be there in five hi i'm kate kennedy from the be there in five podcast and i wanted to highlight nikki giovanni she is a poet and activist who's a seven-time naacp image award winner i also just happen to be lucky enough that she was a professor at my alma mater virginia tech and she has 28 books the ones i'll highlight for you that i think are incredible for adults. There's two. One's called A Good Cry, What We Learn from Tears and Laughter, and the other is called Bicycles, Love Poems, and both are incredible works through poetry where she explores love and loss and the legends who inspired her, and I always walk away from reading her work having a deeper understanding of the human experience, both my own and other people's as well, which I think is such a beautiful thing about poetry. It kind of makes you search and explore in the absence of a more straightforward, literal explanation. And the children's book I wanted to highlight is called Rosa, which is, of course, about the most one of the most important figures in the American civil rights movement, Rosa Parks, and it's beautifully illustrated. It's told from a unique angle and obviously is one of the most important stories to share with our children. So anyway, thanks to Grace and Becca for doing this. Bye. And next we have Alex Dickerson, who's one of our best friends and 
also lives in the sorority house. My name is Alex Dickerson, and I'm the CMO of The Daily Front Row. And for me, this is no question, it's Langston Hughes. His poem, Dreams, is something I recite to myself often, even before all of this happened. I memorized it in high school, and it has stuck with me ever since. Langston was a leader in the Harlem Renaissance movement, and his work is also said to have inspired Martin Luther King Jr. And overall, he lived a really cultured international life. I love his spirituality and approach to the common human spirit and hope. The part from Dreams that I love the most are the first four lines. Hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. So the last thing that we wanted to touch on in this episode is that if you are thinking of reading any of these books and you are going to buy them, I would highly recommend buying them from a Black-owned bookstore. And so we have a few that we'll tell you about, um, but there's tons more. We'll post in the show notes a link to, um, there are 124 across the U.S. I tried to shop from a local one. So the one that I shopped from was in the Bronx. Um, So if you want to find one that's in your community, um, you can definitely choose other ones outside of these. And the other thing is that most of these you can buy through bookshop.org digitally. So you don't have to wait for them to reopen if they're closed or if you don't feel comfortable leaving yeah. your house because of COVID. The um, great thing about Bookshop is you go in and you can just choose which bookstore you want um, to support. And what happens is Bookshop does all of the fulfillment, handles all of the packing, all of the like stuff that would be probably pretty scary for a book owner to do right now. And they carry all the inventory. And then they donate 30% of the purchase price back to um, the local bookseller of your choice. And then if you are looking to buy an audiobook, you can actually buy audiobooks through Libro FM, and you can also similarly support local bookstores. I'm not positive how that works if you can select which one you're supporting or if they have all of them, but I know that they have a similar model to bookshop.org. So the one that I bought from is called The Lit Bar in the Bronx, and it is a wine bar slash bookstore. Did you ever watch Single Parents? No. I feel like it just got canceled. It's like one of the most slept on shows, but there's a one of the characters in it is named Poppy, and she's also a black woman who owns, it's called The Wine Brewery, and it's a bookstore and wine bar. And this just sounds exactly like that. And I actually had never heard of this, but I'm kind of like dying to go once things say, are open again. Should we have a field trip when things open, reopen? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Um, another great one, which something that blew my mind is this is actually the only Black-owned bookstore in Manhattan, and that's Sisters Uptown. Um, I've also heard really great things about Semicolon in Chicago, um, and it's also a gallery space as well. And um, from what I've been told by people in my DMs on or you know in comments is that they also have a really great um, events and programming program when things are open. And then a few others are um, Offreware, in Chi- also in Chicago, and Mahogany Books in D.C. Also Harriet's Bookshop in Philadelphia, Uncle Bobby's in Philadelphia, and Hakeem's Bookstore in Philadelphia. And then there's For Keeps Books in Atlanta. And Marcus Books in Oakland. And then there's also the Doc Bookshop in Fort Worth. And this is just a, a handful that have been suggested to us. There Again, there's so many others. So definitely do your research and um, shop at Black-owned bookstores. I've also seen a stat that Black-owned bookstores have been disproportionately affected by um, kind of just bookstores in general closing. And so it's dwindled from over 325. I don't know when that was from. I wish I wrote down the stat to um, now this list that we'll share has 124, but I saw another quote that there's even less. Wow. So yeah. So yeah, if you're going to read any of these books or if you're buying any anti-racist books, please think about buying them from a Black-owned bookstore. So we're going to tell you about what we're reading this week outside of these books before we wrap it up. Yeah. So I'm still reading The Art of Showing Up by Rachel Wilkerson Miller. I love it. It's like a good self-help book. So I'll just read like a chapter like every couple days. Like I don't sit – I can't just sit and read like a self-helpy kind of book for like an hour. So that's kind of like on the back burner. Read a little bit every week. Um, Then I finished two different books. I read um, Clap While You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo. I was vetting that for our podcast picks and I'm so excited that that is our June book. We'll talk more about that in a second. Then I also read Reputation by Sarah Shepard, which was told so many people told me to read it, like out and out of control amount of people told me to read it. And 
Becca had been like, I'm really disappointed by that book. And I was tearing through it and like was loving it. And I'm like, you're wrong. And then I got to the end and it was a little disappointing. Thank you. So I I still enjoyed it because I felt, I feel like it's not always about the destination. It's about the journey. And the journey was like, I was, it had me like, like really like plugged into it. I I was like staying up late reading it. And like, that's part of a good book. But because of that, I would probably only give it like a B. Okay. How about you? So last weekend I read Head Over Heels by Hannah Orenstein. And this book comes out June 23rd. And it is a romance that is set in the world of competitive gymnastics. Grace, I loved this. I tore through it. It's very cute. It's about a retired Olympic gymnast who's in her late 20s who moves back to her hometown and starts working at the gym that she trained at and is training this Olympic hopeful for the 2020 Olympics, which RIP are not happening now, but in this book it is. And so it's all about competitive gymnastics. And then there's also a romance. It was so cute. It's also so original. I have never read obviously I've never read a gymnastics romance but it felt really fun that it was just like in such a different world that well I guess I don't really care that much about gymnastics I enjoy gymnastics it was just like fun to get really deep into it and to like learn about it that sounds really fun I loved watching gymnastics as a kid and like I don't know I think I would enjoy it it was really good. So I tore through that. And then I started Rodham by Curtis Sittenfeld. I can't wait to read that. I'm only on the first chapter. I haven't had that much time to read this week. But this is a fiction book that is a reimagining of Hillary Clinton's life if she did not marry Bill Clinton. So apparently, I didn't know this, Bill Clinton proposed to Hillary three times and she said no twice. And then she said yes. And so this book is if she said no the third time. So he is in it and they have a relationship, but she doesn't marry him. So I'm still, she's in law school now and she's with Bill, but I'm very excited to see where this book goes. I've heard it's very good and I've heard it's also very cathartic. I can't wait to read that. It was between this and the Chiffon Trenches, but I feel like I'd been waiting so long to read that that I like had to get pull this one out first. So you have a lot of reading options, but I think you should also pick up our June book club pick, which I am very excited to read in the next couple of weeks. Grace, can you tell us yeah. what it is about? So this is it's um, the story of two girls. One of them is growing up in the Dominican Republic. The other is growing up in New York City. And um, they share a father, but they don't know that until he dies in a tragic plane crash. And basically, like, the book is kind of them both dealing with their grief and processing that, but then also um, finding each other. And it was very sad, but it's also very heartwarming. And I think this is, like, one of those books that we all could really use right now during quarantine. And also, I will say it does look very long. Like, it's a a thick book, but it's written in verse. Um, It's not poetry, but it's, like, prose structured in, like, a verse format, which if you've read any of Elizabeth Acevedo's books, you know that she's just, like, a magnificent writer. So it's actually a pretty quick read. Like, it took me, like, I don't know, like a a couple days to read it. So this is Clap When You Land by Elizabeth Acevedo, who is one of our favorite authors. She also wrote With the Fire on High and The Poet X, if you haven't checked those out. Yes. And that's what we've got today. Um, I'm going to start a thread in the Facebook group to talk more about our favorite books by Black authors. Um, Something kind of embarrassing that I realized. So um, when we were pulling this together, I realized I don't think I've read... I don't know if I want to say any books. There could be some like classics, but I don't think I've read any books by black men. Oh, I don't. Well, Andre Leontali. Yeah, Andre. I've Andre, my best friend. So I I want to read um, one of Ta-Nehisi Coates' books, either The Water Dancer or Between the World and Me. But um, I'm very curious to get our community's recommendations as well. So if you have a recommendation that you want to share, head to the Facebook group and there'll be a thread there. And yeah, excited to hear what you recommend. Yeah. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. 